Moshon is a fresh of breath there. He just loves chain restaurants. Matter of fact, he ate at Applebee's 12 times during the bye week. I love eating it. Most of you guys. That really is still swollen, isn't it? It kind of looks like a football, actually. Thank you for that. Stitching, you got it. Thank you. Hey, D, I like donuts, baby. Let's go. Stay focused. Work hard in school. You might not like school, but make sure you're working hard at school. It feels a problem. It feels a problem. It's your boy, DM3, and you're listening to the Witty Not Funny Sports Podcast. On the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network. Witty Nation, welcome to Witty Not Funny Sports Live. And you can see us this week, so off to a better start immediately. (laughs) Of course, we are the number one celebrated Buffalo sports show covering the Bills, Sabres, entertainment, and everything in between. And as always, part of the Built in Buffalo Network. Go follow us on Twitter at WoodySports716, as you can see on the bottom of your screen. And make sure you check out everything Built in Buffalo is giving you every single day. The best Bills content out there at Built in Buffalo underscore. And make sure, because we're a live show, to comment, like, subscribe. We greatly appreciate it. We have super chats, I think. I don't know. I don't run it. Our producer does that stuff. He works in the background. He sets that stuff up. But if you give us a super chat, we'll highlight your comment. It'll be like you're supporting local business. Tony and I are local business. And supporting local business is what good people do. Of course, we are your hosts. I am Matt. He is Tony. Tony, what is going on tonight? Matt, good evening. Matt, if you'll indulge me, uh, I would like to perform a little bit of uh, a song, if I may. Please do. With a final score of 48-20, Rude and the boys are earning their money. Beat up on Miami, Tonga, Vailoa on his fanny. Seven touchdowns for the offensive crew. D-line wreaking havoc in the white and blue. Beat up on Miami, Tonga, Vailoa on his fanny. Not bad, right? Very good. Will Smith, Miami? Yeah, you know, apropos for the... Uh, Very apropos. apropos. For the, yeah, for the schedule, for the point uh, of the schedule where we are. Hot take, is Miami a better song than getting jiggy with it? Um, I don't think that's a hot take at all. I think that a lot of people would say that. And I think I'm one of them. I think so. I think I am one of them as well. I mean, but it I think seems like Jake with it was too like goofy for the time. Miami was really an anthem of the yes, 90s. Yes, I would, I would really agree with that. Miami is, Miami is a, is like, we're really putting some music out there. Jiggy with it is like, we're jiggy with it is like the Macarena. Like we're just trying to like get into the middle school dance crew. Right. We're getting into like that scene, but like Miami is like we're actually being in a, in the musical scene, right? We but feel if, like we're listening to music, and it also was our first probably foray and many's first foray into learning Spanish. <laughs> I hope I hope that's not true, I, but you might be right. <laughs> I might be right. Bienvenidos. Uh, listen. <laughs> Bienvenidos is right. I mean, it, Hola, does Miami have one word, yours? one Spanish word in it in the whole song? Yes, exactly. Okay, okay, yes, yes. It's a start. We got to start somewhere. Tony, just the Bills are in London. I feel like the show 
is is just bringing cultures together here. It's like the United Nations right. on a Thursday night. Yeah, exactly. Wasn't Kyle Ock both the United Nations recently? What? I didn't hear that. Really? Something. He was in New York for some global <laughs> conference thing. He was at Famous Original Rays, and we <laughs> assume that's adjacent enough to the United Nations. He was at Mike Scott's favorite pizza place in New York, Sbarro's. <laughs> yeah, he was at Sbarro's. He went to the uh, uh, Cheesecake Factory in Times Square. Like everyone does. Like, like as real does, New York, as a real New York hotspot. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, just like The Office, Tony, uh, I thought for our opening segment, we'd reference another classic network comedy. Uh, for the listeners of this show, for the viewers of this show now who don't know us, who haven't listened to our show before, we are huge fans of the show Seinfeld. And maybe you're not, and that's okay. We don't blame you. We just think a little less of you. That's okay. Um, so for our opening segment, I thought we'd bring back the first live iteration of our segment, One Seinfeld. Let's play the music. For the listeners who don't know, this is our segment where we choose a quote from our favorite show to describe how we feel about the Buffalo sports scene currently. Tony, for our first live iteration of our one settled segment, uh, you can do the honors. I'm giving you uh, honors here. Uh, and I will play Cheers your clip you, and uh, we'll comment on it. Here we go. Here is Tony's quote. Was that the opposite of what you were going to say? Or was that just your natural instinct? Instinct. <laughs> Stick with the opposite. Tony, why did you choose uh, that quote? Uh, I chose that quote because, you know, as we are uh, creating an analogy between a Seinfeld quote and where the state of Buffalo sports, uh, I would say I myself am wanting to follow the opposite, but am going with my instinct because my instinct says clearly with Buffalo sports cannot be trusted. Any excitement cannot possibly exist and would be unfair. Uh, anything, if things are going well, that is clearly a fallacy of my own bias. I should not trust that. I should put up every emotional defense mechanism that I have. Uh, but maybe it's time to start living the opposite. Until and what I need You're is Elaine, a little. Yeah, what I need is an Elaine to come over here and say, and get me to say, go back to instinct. You know, like this is <laughs> this is where I'm at because I'm looking at the Bills and I like what I'm seeing. I'm looking at the Sabres in preseason and I'm pretty stoked up about what I'm seeing. I am constantly remembering whenever I, ha- I have to assess the holistic, uh, the holistic state of Buffalo sports, which I essentially do only for the show. Um, I'm easily, it's easy for me to remind myself that the bandits are defending champions. Pagula tennis. You're a Buffalo. That, 
Mm, maybe i mean how amazing how amazing would it be if like all the drought years the Sabres current drought playoff drought all the bills drought years the bandits win the championship and then just the other professional teams just rattle off all in one year that would be the most buffalo thing ever i think it would kind of be yeah i would kind of be like if it's going to go down that way wouldn't wouldn't you be disappointed at the Sabres parade because it'd be like well we just did this like now we're in the routine like it wouldn't be like a oh, lifetime. This is old news. These championships. Yeah, like it, yeah, like it wouldn't be like a lifetime of weight off our shoulders to have right. a Stanley Cup parade right after a Super Bowl parade. It would be like, all right, like excuse to do it I again because we had so much fun in February. You're like you're the guy that goes to the Macy's Day Thanksgiving parade, like oh, these floats again. Oh, Clifford the dog right. for the thirtieth time in a row. Yeah. I've seen Woody it's Woodpecker. Come on. I've seen this before. I, I, I experienced this at the Bill Super Bowl parade. I don't want to see the Sabres Stanley Cup one. We got to already. Uh, no, great quote, of course. Uh, if you are a fan of Seinfeld, uh, that is from season five, episode 30, or so 22. The opposite. A, well, a quintessential okay. episode. Uh, quintessential episode. Uh, great season. As they all are. But, uh, Tony, I think uh, we are on the same brave wave, wavelength here because I chose a very smaller type of quote, uh, which I will play right now. I feel like my old self again. Totally inadequate, completely insecure, paranoid, neurotic. It's a pleasure. <laughs> Good to have you back. <laughs> Uh, Tony, I chose this quote because, uh, kind of like you, as you described, uh, I was also insecure that the Dolphins were passing us, insecure in trusting this coaching staff, insecure that the Bills were still top of the AFC East. But Tony, in a M. Night Shyamalan twist, that's how I want to feel. I want to feel insecure. I want to feel like my old self because, like Church says, Feeling insecure is a pleasure because when the Bills do prove me wrong or quell my worries, uh, the highs feel so, so good. I go into the game Sunday so worried that the Dolphins have this revolutionary offense that we can't stop, uh, you know, Mike McDaniel and scheme and Sean McDermott is going to get just track run throughout the game. But I, boy, did I feel awesome by four o'clock on Sunday because all my doubts were proven wrong. So I want to feel insecure. I want to feel paranoid. I want to feel neurotic because that high you get when the bills prove you wrong or the Sabres end the drought when you think they're never going to end their drought is so, so good. That's the greatest feeling. So that is why I chose that quote. I mean, it like, I can't believe I didn't think of it because in the sense of in the sense that I was a, in the sense that I'm neurotic, I'm insecure, I'm everything that George listed off. Yeah, like there's right. a lot of emotions going on and where we are right now, like it seems like that's clearly the obvious quote. I can't believe that I didn't, I can't believe I didn't think of it myself. Cause that is how I'm feeling. That's how I think we're all feeling. That's the tone of the, that's the tone of the area. It's the tone of the 716. And in some cases soon, the 624. Oh. New area code. If, I don't like it. If you saw that news. I don't like it. Me neither. Well, you just, 
All you six two fours are not welcome on this. No, I mean, no, you just subtract one or two from the first and last numbers and then add two to the middle. It's the same. Easy, easy formula. Yeah. Easy formula. That common core math that gets everyone confused. Well, when you base Uh, all your math based on Elaine quotes talking about 646 and 212, (laughs) it can get kind of complicated. That's where we get it. Uh, Listeners, those are the quotes we chose uh, from our favorite show, Seinfeld, to describe how we feel about the Buffalo sports team currently. I'm sure a lot of you out there are feeling really good after Sunday's win. Tony, we have a lot to talk about regarding Sunday. Are you ready to get into it? Matt, I just have to say something first. Uh, I think you are revealing yourself during this episode as uh, potentially a Marvel superhero. Where's this going? Uh, the kind that manipulates time because uh, every time you move your arm, it reveals whether you had the Josh background behind you or now the faded background. When you move your arm up, it like reveals the clock. It's as though you can control time with your with your yes. right hand. And I think I maybe potentially you can control time with your right hand. So I have no reason to control not believe that based on what I've seen. You know what else I control, Tony? Getting... Marv Levy to sing a wonderful fight song for us. And unlike Ryan Day, Ohio State's football coach, we cherish our elderly in the show. We don't want to fight them. Like Ryan Day wants to fight Lou Holtz. We don't want to fight our 90-year-old elderly statesman. Uh, So, Tony, what do you say we throw it to Marv, listen to his golden goals, and talk some bills? What was that superhero? Doctor Strange. It's like you're a Doctor Strange. Yeah, let's go to Marv. <laughs> Marv, take it away. We'll be back after the break. So go, Bills fight, Bills go. Come on, let's win for Buffalo. And we are back. I forgot the banners and everything. We got to do banners so people know what we're talking about. Listeners. Yes, we do. A huge win Sunday. Let's talk some bills. And to do that, of course, we do it the same way. We kick it off every week with the So Bad It's Good review. Tony, you got yellow legal pad. Are you ready to take notes and critique the review this week? Yes, I am. (laughs) Here we go. I'm going to be even music this week. Week four, the battle for the future of the NFL in a boxing match for the ages. Sorry, can't mention boxing, Larry Hill. The Dolphins came out swinging. Nope, not okay either. Okay, let's keep this PG as the Bills caused Tyreek Hill and Mike McDaniels to put up a stinky performance on Sunday. Devin, yes, we a Chan was trying to run a tight ring, but Matt Delon declared the red, white, and blue three wave was coming. Abe Gina Davis was in a league of his own, and Josh Allen was telling the entire Dolphins sideline, there's no crying when Bills beat you. Sean McDermott's defense hit his arm, looking more feeble than a sister Jean throwing out a first pitch as Dagon Jones and the boys were showing how Loyola they were to the game plan. Having none of the Dolphins' noise all week. All the new queen of the Bills has moved to 2-0 as well. 2-0 for game 2-0 for home game. 
a drunk guy in Section 312 had seen because he was passed out for three hours. And 2-0 and at the run. The Dolphins go pleep bloop and the Bills showed us their songs because going to London on the heels of a dominant win. Shut your big mouth, Mike McDaniel. Bills 48, Dolphins 20. Tony, that's the so bad it's good review. Uh, is Day God Jones something, or are you just saying like Quan and God are close? Uh, I was uh, just saying Quan and God were close. It was in okay. reference to Sister Jean and her religious state. Oh, 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 okay. Sister Jean, she is. That's right. Okay, because it flows well and, then by saying none of the dolphins noise all week. None. Yes. None. None Look of the at you picking it up. Wow, mm-hmm. you are good at this. <laughs> I got you. Well, I'm firing on all cylinders because I know that I I had a quick uh a quick dopamine insert in there at the end when you were like dolphins go pleep ploop because the Bills show us their songs because they're going to London. That was that was a stroke of wonderment that Thank all you. the Crowsville fans are gonna appreciate. And I hope there's many. Hopefully there's many out there. I hope in our viewership and many. listening ship, there's a lot of Crawl Show fans. <laughs> uh, viewers, if if you forgot, leave a comment. We love to uh, call out your comments, comment on your comments. Very Get me very meta with it. And hit that like. And I'm sure you subscribe to the Built in Buffalo YouTube page. Uh, yeah, Tony. Uh, Crawl Show references galore because we're going to London. Favorites get on Crawl Show. If you haven't watched the show, Please watch Carl Show. It is it was amazing. It's not on anymore. Um, but Tony, despite Sister Jean's larger than life, egotistical, maniac presence, <laughs> does she have to have all the attention for herself? Uh, the attention should be on the Buffalo Bills and her dominating performance. But let's start before the even introduce the players before the first snap even occurred or the first kickoff occurred you went to the game i unfortunately not go i did tell us about the atmosphere for the game whether it's tailgate or pregame or whatever how was bill's mafia rocking how did you think the vibes were as listeners and yourself no i'm a big vibes guy how are the vibes going into this giant afc east matchup on sunday matt i actually had a very unique experience uh, at this Bills game compared to compared to most that I attend uh, because so my phone I'll to put it to put it easily uh, my phone does not work my phone is like dying in my hand it breaks in a new way every day um, currently I would say the app icons I would say a third of them actually appear uh, whereas it, like it's like and and audio like every app crashes it's a mess. So I uh, was experiencing an issue on my phone with my tickets. So I went up early to see if I could get a, um, to see if I could like talk to the ticket booth and, and uh, you know, so I could get in. But then when I got there, I was able to get it to work. And so I basically said, I was like, well, I have to go in now uh, because it might be now or never because my phone could explode at any given moment. So this was the first time that I had, yeah, this is the first time that I had been to, uh, I forget what they call it, but it's like a vendor's row uh, at the Bills game near the store. Uh, so, like, that was interesting and very crowded. The vibes were fantastic there and inside the stadium. Uh, as I 
meandered around as I as I took in the sights and sounds. Uh, and then even as it got um, as it got more crowded, the person sitting next to me was there by himself. Uh, he spoke very little English, lives in Buffalo, but is French, is from France. Um, so he's just like really? going for it. He's just like, yeah, he's just like, I guess, I guess in my new city, like we go to Bill's games on Sunday, so I'm going to go. And like I, he was, and it was interesting because throughout the game, he like, he, he was like learning NFL behavior from me and the person on the other side of him. Like oh, he no. was like, he, like he was like by the second half, he was like learning like what to shout when we were on defense and like how to dance to shout and everything. Like it was, I'm like, it was like watching, you know, it was like watching someone like a, like a small child, like a toddler, like learn to dance or something. Um, it was and as for the first time yeah yeah kind of like take steps and learn learn you know new balances and everything in their new balances and so say probably in their new balances balances, probably in their new balances so uh the atmosphere grew from there it was tremendous it was it was much more explosive than the season opener uh which is uncharacteristic because usually everyone's hyped up for the season opener uh but this was i think the crowd knew everyone was on the same page. This is a huge game. This could potentially be for the division or greater. We have to step up. And as 12th man, it was a job that I think everyone took seriously. <clears throat> um, it was as loud. It was as loud as I've heard. It was as unstable as I've heard because I sit in the 300s, which as you know, are not compliant to OSHA standards. And the and so the and so it was it was you could feel it more you could feel that more like it was uneasy it was the my the floor is vibrating beneath me and everything uh yeah we really stepped up it was contagious it was explosive it was very positive no one was at each other uh very very excellent uh excellent atmosphere talked about them even that is proven by you know i think that if it was a a delicate atmosphere it could have been toppled or division could have been created by the debacle that was Drew Bledsoe trying to sing shout when he clearly doesn't know shout. Um, can we can we talk about this a minute? Yes, I do want to stop and talk about this a minute. I, I know I wanted to bring this up because I know how much you are a proponent of the pre-game festivities of saying where would you rather be and all the shout song and the call and respond the 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 fest festiveness of it i don't don't know how to describe the, it but you are a big the like, routine we need we need to do this right or it's going to be like the worst game ever <laughs> so for blood so to step up and not even say hey 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 but say ho 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 as if he's starting christmas early in october um what 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 do you think happened there? Like, what, walk me through it. Like you're John Brinkus in sports science. Like, what do you what do you think was the reason Drew Bledsoe was uh, so bad at doing uh, the intro? Uh, I wouldn't describe them as ho ho hos. I would describe them as uh, like grunt grunt grunts, like wah wah wah, like yeah, wah grunts. Grunt. Yeah, like whine grunts. Uh, so obviously he's a Bedford fan. Clear as day, uh, big big time Christian Bet Christian Bedford fan, uh, and the Bedford sixty one hundred was was Bedford. ready to roll. 
as power. Yes, exactly. Because it was like a wah, wah, wah is what he was trying to do. And then we're, and it didn't, the crowd didn't miss a beat. We were confused. We were disappointed, but everyone knew culturally we still have to do our job and we absolutely have to uh, just continue on as though nothing's going on. It was as though everyone in the crowd was a seasoned stage performer. And it's just like the show must go on because we went, hey, right back, even though that's not even close to what he said to us. Uh, And then there was a gigantic sense of relief after he did it the second time. And it was like, he knew after the first time he did it wrong. So he like tried to change it the second time. Yeah. He tried to change it the second time. And it was like, he's like, is this right? Also not even close. You're way, way off. You're way off. So the he when he was done with the second time, there was a gigantic sense of relief. He's not going to screw up. Let's go Buffalo. We think, and then we'll be back on track. And that's what it was. He said, "Let's go Buffalo," and and we went right in on "Let's go Buffalo." We shouted, "Where else would you rather be than right here, right now?" That part was a little bit weak, but I think it was a com- com- combination of we were all like confused about what just happened, and we were. Like, that's it. Like, it's game time after that moment. So we have to, like, lock in and be serious and know that we have a job to do and know that they have a job to do. And there's obviously a, a cautious optimism towards this game because a lot of people, myself included, were thinking, you know, there's a good chance we're going to lose and maybe lose by a good, by a substantial margin. Um, so Drew so I thought in that moment, this is bad juju. This is bad juju on this whole game. Like, this is... This whole thing is going to go south. Now I'm like, we have to make a mistake in the shout song every time. No one can do it well. We need to bring back, we need to bring back people who stopped here for a cup of coffee and are just like mildly familiar with shout and to continue on. Cause that's like clearly jinxing wise. This is the track we're on. Right. It's like wearing the same outfit every Sunday. It's it's Mm -hmm. a superstition. Like, Everyone needs to botch the introduction from now on. Whatever lens are at the game, you just need to mess it up because that is what leads the Bills to victory, obviously. So uh, I don't know. Uh, I'm of two mindsets here. One, uh, Drew Bledsoe was drunk and is consistently drunk because now he is in the wine business, of course, as many know. Uh, so I just think he uh, just was a little inebriated and couldn't get the words out much like when you're drunk you slur your words and i just think drew bledsoe had a little too much wine before the game and probably all the time so drew bledsoe uh i'll give you a pass there uh the other half of my mind says how could you watch this (laughs) you it's it's not like you were a flash in the pan quarterback for the bills it's like you were brian brom who didn't score a lot of touchdowns and didn't hear the shit song often during games like you played for the bills for three years like two of those years were probably some of the most exciting of the drought years that put up some of the most points during the drought years like you heard shouts on many a times to have it ingrained in your head how do you mess it up true blood so so 
but if it works in terms of it leads the to a victory, then it works, and we got to keep doing it. That's that's where I'll put that issue to rest. Um, but Tony goes up or not as the Bills had a dominant performance against the Dolphins. Uh, you, myself, a lot of Bills fans out there, very worried about this game. The Dolphins coming off a 70-point beat down the Broncos. They're putting up 70 points. They didn't win by 70 points, but they put up 70 points. A lot of questions on this show last week about is McDermott a dinosaur of this league being a defensive-minded coach going against a revolutionary offensive-minded coach, kind of like Chip Kelly had five minutes or Sean McVay had for two years, so revolutionary offensive mind that kind of took the league by storm for a little bit. Seems like it's more fading towards the Chip Kelly of like, eh, this is a flash in the pan thing and people just got to get used to it. But the question is, did we overhype the Dolphins too much? And are we overhyping them as challengers to the AFC crown that the Bills currently? Um, what do you think? Did we overhype them last week a little bit? And moving uh, it depends in the context, I, I guess. Did we overhype them as saying that they had the ability to keep up with us? Obviously, uh, that part was overhyped. But I, I don't think – I think that's only a testament to the talent uh, of this team and where we are because I think that we could be saying in the later games of the season in late December that, you know, Miami's knocking on the door. It's us or Miami. We both have a ton of wins. We've both stacked wins the entire season long. I mean, they, they could take the East. It could definitely happen. Trey is injured, so that's something. I mean, they could – Miami could take the East. We, we don't know how – you never know how these – Right. How, how, how everyone's schedule is going to play out. Yeah, I mean, we can only control – we can only control two of these games between us and Miami. So, it's and, – and, and, I mean, they're good. You know, so maybe oh, yeah. I'm I'm hoping that we showed a blueprint of what to do. That's where I was going. Yeah. Did we show the rest of the league a blueprint on how to beat the Dolphins or how to slow them down at least? Just like last year when I was hoping the Chargers showed the Bills a blueprint because the week prior to the Bills playing them, I think in their second matchup last season, they played the Chargers and the Chargers just took them to tax, shut them down jamming them at the line, um, disrupting to his first read. And we saw a lot of that fast forward a year later on Sunday. It was Sean McDermott and the defense having a great game plan coming in. The offense had a great game plan too. But the defense, I think, was the story, holding the Dolphins to just 20 points and just disrupting what the Dolphins do. Tyreek Hill was a non-factor. I've been a proponent in uh been calling out the bills for the lack of stopping the most important or the most dangerous weapon on the opposing team they seem to do that with Terry kill no problem he, he's usually quiet when they play the bills um disrupting tua uh getting their arms up at the line to scrimmage like making him throw outside the number they had a great game plan on in all three facets of the game um so let's start with the offense uh Gosh, almost a perfect performance. 21 for 25, I believe, 324 touchdowns, including a rushing touchdown. Uh, and just an overall good performance. They didn't get the run game going, but that is the nice thing about this iteration of the Bills. 
I think they have different ways to win. Uh, where before it was just Dorsey, or I'm sorry, it was just Allen just doing Josh Allen things, and that's what they relied on. But now we have a run game where we can win with, and we have a passing game if the run game falters. Uh, I saw a lot of the stuff I've been clamoring for Ken Dorsey to do, uh, a lot of pre-snap motion, mm-hmm. uh, not as much as the Dolphins or not as exotic as Dolphins, but still getting guys moving in different positions. There was, a, I think it was a third down um, in short. I forget what quarter. Trent Sherfield lined up in the backfield, and it was like, you go around in the bottom of the screen, and Trent Sherfield pulling the defenders deep, and Trent Sherfield kind of just went out in flat wide open for an easy conversion, like a third and two. Like stuff like that, like lining Trent Sherfield up in the background, uh, in the backfield. Uh, tons play action, finally. Like, I could not love – if Josh had 25 snaps and 25 were play action – I would be happy. Like, <laughs> yeah. Play action works. Josh is successful in play action. Just do it more. The numbers don't lie. Uh, and they did a bunch to kind of just throw this Miami team for a loop. So the question is, is Ken Dorsey starting to get it? And have we been too hard on him? Matt, come on. Get serious. Too hard on Dorsey? This is a small sample size. Guys. You're overreacting. Uh, I like the game plan. I I think what I liked about it the most is I'm like, this is the balance I want between run, between run and pass. And then, which obviously that sets up to your point that sets up the play action. Um, but like this was, I didn't feel like we were run. I didn't feel like we were beating a dead horse with running. It never seemed, it never seemed the way, obviously some runs went nowhere, but that's fine. Like that's, that's the role that it, they can sometimes play in the grand scheme of it all. Uh, and I liked the amount that Josh was used. Like it was, it was the balance that I liked. And I'm hoping that that's, that that balance is kind of like the offense has found its voice now. And that Dorsey understands that, or was it situational because that's what we sort of needed with Miami? Maybe. I mean, I guess we'll find out in the coming time. Um, in the, in the upcoming games. Uh, and it is a relief that we have had success with uh, Cook and we, and I, what Murray and uh, Harris can do, like our is, is very, is complimentary and good, but I liked what a lot of, see, I liked like what a lot of the run game did in terms of big plays, kept them on their heels, got that done. So then it kind of just like, you know, if you, run into the line if you have like a like you know a few one yard runs then that's fine it still balances the offense it still helps the offense overall in terms of the holistic tone yeah it's up the play action you're exactly right i i loved the balance like you mentioned i might be dr strange is ken dory thanos just trying to create this balance (laughs) create balance Uh (laughs) uh-huh um and and he's a psycho like thanos was uh for you superhero fans out there so uh i it, it could be who knows but um the balance was nice you mentioned a guy who i don't think we've talked about on this show yet who is quickly becoming maybe the most underrated signing mm-hmm. of the offseason and that is latavius murray the guy it's is overhyping it 
It's way overhiking it, but okay. He he just comes up with the right play at the right time, and he executes it. If you need two yards and he goes out a screen pass and catches a short of the line scrimmage, he's getting those two yards. Like, just understand the game. Like, I never have said within the first four weeks of the season, like, what is Latavius Murray doing? Like, he always seems to make the right cut or fall forward to gain an extra yard or two when you need an extra yard or two, or just understand the nuances of the game. That's what you get, I guess, being like 33-year-old veteran, 30-year-old <laughs> veteran, whatever he is. But he's been such a pleasant surprise. At all the hype with Damian Harris. Like, Damian Harris is a great piece. And I do think, like you mentioned, the complementariness and that's not a word but we'll use it anyway uh of this running back group uh and they all complement each other extremely well and damien harris has his moments they're not as flashy or impactful as latavius murray as latavius murray moments but he's an important piece but i just enjoy watching latavius murray so much because those 10 touches he gets throughout a game and maybe not even that are so significant to me so when I say underrated signing, I think that's why. He's super, I mean, to say underrated sign. Well, okay, underrated. Who's, if we're putting rankings on signings, who's the appropriate and or overrated signings? Like to me, um, the signing is Leonard Floyd. Like that's what we look, should be looking at as like, yeah. well, that's like the Lynchpin signing. You know, the that's, best that's the signing, one. yeah. Yeah. And, and does the fact that he was signed not, you know, the fact that he was signed later on in the offseason, as we've said many times, like, does that make it, does that make the signing underrated? Or is it just that we don't talk enough about Murray? Because this is also, lest we forget, this is also the emergence of Cook as right. being someone who's in, in the NFL zeitgeist. I mean, Maurice Jones-Drew just said he's the fourth best or most exciting or something running back in the league. Like, he's he's the number four that, for the running back that like MJD has his eyes on. So it's great that cook is providing what he needs to as a, as a bell cow back. It's great that Murray is there to just step up. I never would have thought of it. I thought Murray was like, I we were like, is Latavius Murray even going to make the team? Probably not. And look at us now we're having this conversation. I never would have bet that. That's why I say underrated because in June, July, we were talking Latavius Murray just being like a practice squad insurance policy. Yeah. And then Naheem Hines decides to go on a jet ski the day before training camp for whatever reason uh, and is out for the year. And Latavius Murray is propelled into the roster and the, and the lineup and seeing snaps now. And that's why I'm saying underrated because – he was just an afterthought. He was like, he was the Duke Johnson of this year. Just, mm -hmm. okay, if everyone gets hurt, okay, we have a notable, experienced veteran on the practice squad we can call up who, you know, can fill in a pinch and is never going to be impactful. I, I think Latavius Murray's been impactful. Like, sue me. I, I think he's he's been a good signing. And sue. you're right. The emergence of James Cook has been, I think... I don't think it's been talked about enough. Mm -hmm. when we talk about this running back group. Like, yeah, and a little lot of the top of the line too. guy in the league. 
Right. Yeah. This is what happens when they play good. We can like fantasize about like, hey, they're right. really good. <laughs> we don't have to dream anymore. Right. They we might actually be really good. Because all the unknowns are starting to become known one month into the air. That's like, a great. Does Leonard yeah, Floyd still have it? Does Leonard Floyd, is he not Clearly, yes. the new Mario Addison where he has nine sacks consistently for two, three years before joining the Bills and then falls off a cliff? No, Leonard Floyd's actually really good. Uh, was Connor McGovern an afterthought in Dallas for reasons because he's not that good? No. Brandon Bean saw something in him and trusted the data and the analytics to show he's really good in pass protection. And the Bills have been with the addition of Connor McGovern and Cyrus O'Torrance or for our Irish fans, Cyrus O'Torrance or Osiris Torrance. Something Osi- O'Torrance Cyrus. O'Torrance Cyrus, yeah. Torrance uh, Osiris. Yeah, that's it. We're just playing to his Irish heritage. Uh, but with the additions of those two guys, and I think like guys that we've oh, right. ragged on, I guess I don't know. That's probably too strong of a word, but like Deion Dawkins, Spencer Brown have also been good. This is the best. This is the best offense line statistically and passing the test that the Bills have had. Josh Allen has played behind uh, during his tenure. So we always said if the offensive line can be average, this team be really good, and this offense can be great and we can get the run game going and the run game will open up play action and josh doesn't have to scramble for his life and play hero ball and try to uh lift up the world on his shoulders to, to make a play uh it just seemed like this game it it all and this this could all be a whole different conversation come week when they they're jet lagged and they look sluggish and whatever but we're only talking about sunday we're only talking about the good it seemed like it clicked on all cylinders for the offense this week. And we haven't seen that naturalness to the offense in a while, even going back to last year. We always said it, it, it's producing, but it doesn't piss the eye test. It looks stressful. For mm-hmm. It doesn't look like it, they're having fun in this offense, or it just looks like they're paying around holding it. It looked natural Sunday. It looked like they're getting it. Um, did you go that way being at the game? If yes, it felt like it felt like we were playing retro ball. Like I was just like, <laughs> like we're just gonna call like a two weeks in a row. Plays. You mentioned retro ball, by the way. It's basically. I mean, I would say you know how much of my knowledge of football really comes from retro ball. So yeah. maybe more than we There's think. Maybe more than a players in a two D. Maybe more than it's healthy for a post. Yeah, for a host. So I mean, it's just like you know, it works if we run. That gets us progress. If we pass, that gets us progress. You mentioned something about Naheem Hines. You asked a question that maybe I want to unpack for a moment. Uh, you asked for some reason. Well, it's not really a question, but you said who got on a jet ski before training camp for some reason. May, may I propose a conspiracy theory? Yeah. Naheem Hines. We do best. Please do. Naheem Hines is a MacGruber-like secret agent. <laughs> He's always just like he his his role on an NFL roster is nothing more than uh, than identity protection because really he's 
a MacGruber like secret agent. He's out there riding jet skis the day before to save who knows what or what knows what, taking injuries as a result, taking major injuries. They're after him. A jet ski crash? Come on. How often do jet skis really crash into each other? That doesn't just happen. There's an aggression right there. An aggression from maybe aggressive enemy nations. Clearly. I mean, come on. This was an this was now, an when attempt. You, now, when you say a MacGruber like secret agent, do you mean because uh, he attempts to do good but gets distracted and fails? Yeah, uh, he I mean, to I defuse the bomb, but the bomb always goes off. Yeah, he attempts to defuse the bomb, but if if he was successfully if he was successfully doing it as you know our more heroic secret agents of media past as if he's doing this like 007, then he would be getting he would have gotten reps last year but this is also the reason he didn't get the reps last year because he's really nothing more than than a <clears throat> he's always like injured or dealing with that was he even on the sidelines or was he in you know some underground radio room that we don't even know about receiving oh, no. does he do, have what helmet was he wearing was it a radio receiver helmet who's on the other end of that the CIA actually the CIA was it people? actually him who re- <laughs> it was Richie Incognito. Yeah, Richie Incognito's on the other end of the line. <laughs> he's just trying to he's trying to out the uh, the secret agents of the world in gyms throwing weights. I don't know. Uh, I'll give you, I'll I'll get a step further, Tony. Was it actually even Naheem Hines who returned those two kicks last year, or is this a face off situation? Was it Andre Roberts wearing? The my face. Wow. Going to take his face off. I would say that, I would say, I mean, what evidence do we have against it? We don't. We'll never know. No. John Travolta and Nick Cage taught us so much about, uh, about Life. identity protection. <laughs> it's the obvious way to McCarthy go. And Jason Bateman. Melissa McCarthy. Oh yes, yes. That movie identity, identity theft. theft. Yeah. Yes, the movie identity go. theft. <laughs> I did not know that Melissa McCarthy uh, was in Gilmore Girls until recently. I've never seen an episode of Gilmore Girls, so I didn't watch. Yeah. Well, you watch a lot of Gilmore Girls lately. Uh, it's been on in my house a lot lately. I don't know that I would say I'm like watching Gilmore Girls, but I'm noticing a young Melissa McCarthy on the screen. Got to get a Gilmore Girls episode in. Uh, yeah, you never know. I mean, Sunday, what Sunday? What else are we gonna do? We got the game's gonna be done at like eleven. So there you go. Got the whole day for the girls. Why? Got the why whole day not to throw on uh, Lauren Graham, who's of course TJ Graham's mom. So <laughs> right. <die>. Yes, of <laughs> course. All related to the Bills somehow. Um, but the offense was clicking and despite the run game, you know, not producing the way they did the previous two weeks, the pass game was on and just like how it typically goes on this show, Tony, when we call out a player, they perform the next week or the following week, as we called out Grape Davis, a Gabe Davis last week, the man stepped and performed. This week, three catches, 61, and then opening touchdown. Uh, Tony, just like we said with Kingsley, Jonathan, 
when you come out mm-hmm. of the show, you're elevated. Uh, if we drag you through the coals, we know the players listen to this show, so they have extra motivation to step up, and that's exactly what Gabe Davis did. Uh, very good performance from Gabe Davis. Stefan Diggs continues to hate it here in Buffalo, though. That's the real story. He continues to hate <laughs> playing with Josh Allen. Yep. He continues to hate Bill's Mafia. He continues to troll them. I mean, what kind of jerk would take $20 worth of beer and waste it like that? Only Stefan Diggs. He He's also, yeah. I mean, Stefan Diggs is the leader of the modern temperance movement. Smashing right. alcohol really just sees it, sees it as the source of all the evils of society. And when he had his opportunity, yeah, when he had his opportunity, he took it. And he knew it would be a very public opportunity. The photograph that comes out, we will be seeing that on temperance billboards if for years to come on Hulu commercials and YouTube ads for years to come trying to shut down uh, the evils of alcohol and what it has done to the Western world. Stefan Diggs for the D.A.R.E. program. Yeah, Stefan Diggs. Diggs for D.A.R.E. Like it. I like this, too. That could be a new t-shirt. Yeah. That could be a new t-shirt. A D.A.R.E. t-shirt, but Diggs. I love that a lot. Keep Mm -hmm. that. Jot that in the show show notes here. Uh, Viewers, watch out. uh, Diggs. D.A.R.E. for Diggs t-shirt coming next week. Um, So what does it stand for? You have to find out. Can't get it all okay. away. He's got to be some teaser pleaser here. Got to keep I, the people on it more. Got to, yeah. I guess you're right. We'll see. We'll have to figure so out I a nice no idea. So we'll have to figure. What did Dare stand for? Uh, did it stand for something? Great question. Or am I confused? It it's for me getting a free T-shirt in fourth grade. Well. Mission accomplished. <laughs> There's like two t-shirts every kid like wanted. It was the Dare oh. t-shirt and the Latertron t-shirt. Uh, yes. Those are yes. that's that's the wardrobe of the, four, of the is fourth the... grader in the in the late nineties. A Lasertron t-shirt, a Dare t-shirt, and jersey whatever your best jerseys are. And that's your yes. week at school. Yeah. That that's is your week. Right. Yeah. That's your that's your mm-hmm. wardrobe for the week. Uh, but Stefan Diggs continues to just have an incredible season. Uh, per week, he's averaging like eight catches, a hundred yards, and a touchdown. Uh, he's been unstoppable. And when you put like Dolphins did a typical slot corner, and I'm gonna butcher his name here. I think it's like who Kuho Coho. Um, who is just are you singing Drew Bledsoe song? Yes, I do sound like Drew Bledsoe right now. <laughs> Coo ho ho ho. <laughs> also, terrible name, Cater Coho. Uh, so you know, Stefan Diggs just had to expose a guy with that kind of name and expose he did three touchdowns on the for Diggs. Uh, but he has been awesome and all that noise during the off season of him not wanting to be here, him wanting to play with his brother, him wanting to be traded, him wanting to get back on family feud forever in every way. Uh, all was just noise because him and Josh seem to be as good as they were when they 
graced the cover of Sports Illustrated for Kids with Buzz Beamer. And Stefan Diggs is having his best season as a Bill, in my opinion. He's been literally unstoppable. And he has been something that he has been clamoring for for a while. And that's to be the focal point week after week. Now, until teams stop, start stopping him, I'm okay with that. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. give the guy his, his due, throw him the ball as many times as you can. He is just, he's awesome. He's Stevie's Johnson was my favorite bill for a while. Uh, still is one of my favorite bills. Stefan Diggs is quickly rising up the, the favorite bills charts. Uh, for Wow. Me. You know, similarly, I had a moment. Do you have a, do you have a Diggs Jersey? Are you saying you're going to, you're wanting to get a Diggs Jersey? Yep. No, I don't have one, but uh, I would get one. Right. Like a good I had I had a moment this game too of like you know who's really rising to be not just because of our past but because of like he's really becoming objectively someone I'm really just loving and rooting for our own Kingsley Jonathan. I walked away from that. I'm like I'm gonna get a Kingsley Jonathan jersey. Like I'm amped up about Kingsley. Yeah. The guy just performs. But uh, it's similar to Steph because I know we're not done talking about Steph. Um, same level, Kingsley and Diggs, yeah. Yes, same level of stardom, that's for sure. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I would say, like, yes. I mean, I would probably say, you know, it's – as far as storylines in the NFL, as far as like, – spotlights, as far as spotlights in the NFL, it's the Kelsey-Taylor Swift situation. Then I would say it's Kingsley-Jonathan. Then I would say it's Damar Hamlin. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. How was the how was the Demar return? Uh, I well, they don't like introduce um, like yeah, player don't do by the player so much anymore. anymore. Yeah. So it was kind of like, oh wait, is like I remember like halfway through the first quarter, I was like, oh wait, is Demar dressed this game? He's supposed to be. And then I like kind of looked around. I was like, oh yeah, there's number three. Okay, and that was it. <laughs> that was it. Nothing. The bigger question is, how was DeMar's body double handling it, of course? Well, I mean, DeMar's the body double. The attention's off him. He's got a feeling like, I mean, what does it do for work now? It's, it's a tough scene for DeMar's body double. Well, it's really, I mean, it's a lot easier because he was that helmet with that visor. Mm, yeah. So it's really, I would say that it's easy to take institute a lot a good amount of turnover if one body double is not handling something right get another body double in there which leads me to my next oh, conspiracy multiple you think there's multiple, there's multiple body when, those, when the pad is, body when the pad when the pads and helmet is on it's easy so i would propose you that think this is a parent trap need, like switcheroo here? no i think it's i think it's a master of disguise type switcheroo and you know who's a trained, you know who's a trained master of disguise, as we've proven 15 minutes ago, Naheem Hines. That's right, secret agent Naheem, man. Naheem Hines. I mean, he's on IR, so he doesn't have to be dressed, but he will be dressed in number three. That's right. This is a real like 
Mighty Ducks, the goalie's the shooter. That's exactly. I knew you were the jersey say it. out on the soon side. As I, soon as I thought of it, I know I'm like. As soon as I say this, Matt's gonna be like the goalie. <laughs> the goalie's the shooter. How did they pull that off? How did they pull yeah. that off? That is one of the biggest mysteries, movie mysteries ever. We haven't solved. You know how you know how Iceland athletes are not completely unobservant. Oblivious. <laughs> Everyone knows that. Everyone knows that about Icelandic athletes. They just got distracted just by female blonde coach. <laughs> no, that's true. That's another big piece of it. Yeah. So was she a coach? She wasn't like an assistant coach. What was her role was. for the Iceland team? Was she like the teacher, like the the rug teacher? Yeah. Was she the teacher? Like we had a teacher. I don't know. I don't know. You'd think they would have been hanging out. You'd think like all the team teachers would have been like yeah. friends with each other going out at night. Right. Saying out with Jan and. Yeah, Jan. We have so many questions about my next two that we'll go. I actually have. Uh, I actually have a lot of questions about Mighty Ducks too. Like, where were they that it. they were also still <laughs> conveniently accessible to, to Yam, like to the store? Yan is like the Doctor Strange of the Mighty Ducks universe. He just yeah, like they didn't have to travel for... right. All right, whatever. D two, great movie. Best, Jan, best of the Mighty Ducks. Mystery. Best of the Mighty best Ducks. Best of the Mighty Ducks, easily. easily. Yeah, yeah. Uh, DeMar Hamlin, triumphant return. Let's talk the defense because huge defensive performance. Uh, holding the Dolphins to 20 points. Thwarting whatever game plan uh, the Dolphins had. Uh, it was a shootout for a little bit. So maybe thwarting is the wrong word. It looked a little dicey there. It looked like heavyweight bound just it's who's going to get one stop. It all like the Chiefs playoff game. The the. You know the one, the one we we'll remember, not the the bad one where it just threw the ball with the defensive lineman and all that. The one we remember until overtime. It's just like a shootout, and who is going to make a stop this game? Seemed away for a while, and then Jim McDermott put on his gold girl at glasses, <laughs> used sinking power, and said, "I'm going to make this adjustment. I'm going to stop." Uh, after those 14 points, the Dolphins he put up six. Great performance from the defense, causing turnovers, and a performance with a lot of key players out. We still don't have Von Miller, obviously. Jordan Poyer was hurt. Gregory So gets banged up. Jordan Phillips banged up. A lot of guys hurt. And, of course, Tredavious White suffering that killer Achilles injury. And it, that was just super tough to see. Um, I've never seen a player react that way to – an injury on the field, but it seemed warranted after he fought so hard to come back from the ACL injury previous year and it finally seemed like he was starting to get into his routine and look like the tray, the all pro tree that we know. So just just a tough scene and uh, watching kind of freak out and kind of try to emotionally um, make it disappear or make it seem like it didn't exist it seemed like that's who he's doing like it seemed like he was freaking out because like oh this can't be happening i'm not gonna let's happen i'm fine like it seemed like that was going through his mind as much as i can like read thoughts through the tv tough scene so despite all the injuries despite any kind of uh hurdles we had to get over like that 
the defense got a heck of a performance, uh, one for the ages. And all I'm saying is I don't miss Leslie Frazier. <laughs> like I'm, I don't think a lot of people do these days. So um, it seemed dicey come March that what is going on internally with this team, who Sean McDermott's running the defense, but he's also the head coach, and we're bringing in Al Edwards as a defensive quality control guy, and seemed like a lot of questions as to how this defense would perform, how they would look, and McDermott's, McDermott's put all those questions to rest because the defense has been absolutely stellar, uh, one of the best units in the entire league. Uh, Tony, what are your thoughts about the defensive performance on Sunday? You know, I, I know you're saying these things about how you don't miss Frazier, but I know all I'm hearing is that I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. <laughs> They're not calling again. He's not calling again. He's not, He's calling, not again. calling again. He's not calling again. This has been, uh, I, I mean, it's the aggression we've been waiting for. I think that's the big difference. Schematically, you know, less to be less conservative and to be less, you know, that we're not just playing to not lose or to not do it. So I am appreciative of it. I'm loving that. Like I am enamored with the fourth down play calling that I saw in the Dolphins game. Cause every time they were one of these key fourth downs, Tua was on his ass and it was, yeah. and it, you know, it was, it was great. And the defense, what I like about the defense is that, much like the offense has struck, found a balance, the defense has always found a balance. This was, in previous years, this was the defense that leaned heavily on uh, the talent of the secondary. And it's not, and now it's a lot more in balance. Like now I would say that uh, this defense, when we look at this year's defense, we're looking at a defense that seems to be uh, characterized by the front seven, which is super refreshing i would say because that's more you know that's more like fireworks to a fan um so yeah i i'm i'm with you i mean sean mcdermott has me me sold yeah that's what i'm saying that's what i'm saying and it's not it's not just because we signed leonard floyd so it's i mean there's there's a lot going on here like that sign ever yeah and, you know, the offensive line is good, too. I mean, it's iron sharpening iron in practice, so I'm sure that's helping to an extent. Uh, but I, I I, mean, I like what I'm seeing out of the defense. I have a lot more faith in the defense. Uh, I am looking forward to, like, I feel more confident now going into a situation of when we're looking for not the closer, but a closer, a closeout, um, because I like – Yes. Yeah. There kind of would be like, it's, it, I think I see it a lot more as a unit other than Vaughn needs to do this or Trey needs to do this, which is kind of how I was felt. And then everyone else was basically just like, or Matt Milano needs to do this. Whereas everyone, and everyone else is just like a capable supporter of the, of the Hogan. Yeah. Yeah. But now it's like, now it, now it's a true unit. Like that's what I'm looking at. I feel like as a true unit. Getting this thing in, making plays, leading the league, leading the league in a lot of categories. Yeah, leading the league in a lot of metrics. The individual player rankings and like PFF and stuff are 
great to see like Daquan Jones is I rated the fifth best interior uh, lineman, defensive lineman in the league currently. Uh, everyone is firing on all cylinders. Uh, as you mentioned before, the great thing is third down, fourth down, game-changing downs. The Bills are executing, and they're coming out on top. Uh, three for 10, the Dolphins were on third down this game. 0 for 3 on fourth down. And we're just getting played at the right time. Uh, I always I, I am a broken record every Sunday uh, when it comes to third down, whether it's third and one or third and 21. Who's going to make a play? Who's going to step up and make play? I yell a screen like someone make a play here. Um, and it, it doesn't feel like those yells are warranted this year because, like you said, a lot of people are stepping up and making plays. Remember, like, years past, three, four, five years ago, it'd be, like, third and 23, and like, yeah, they're, they're, gonna, they're not going to stop this. They're not going to get off the field. They're going to convert <laughs> yeah. this. They up so many, like, third and longs. And it's just like, how? How are you not getting off the field? Like, we don't have to worry. Whether it's, like I said, third and one or third and 21, the Bills will make a play. They will execute. They will get off the field. Someone will step up. And that has been a, as Robert Royal puts it, a fresher but there <laughs> with this Bills defense. It's a fresher uh, breath air. It's a fresher breath air. Uh, so great to see uh, Trollbert, another very strong game, being at that middle linebacker spot. And I don't know how much good we can say about kind of the core of that defense. Guys like Micah Hyde getting another an interception this game. Matt Milano continues to be just like the greatest linebacker ever. I was kind of thinking of this today. It was like when we had Milano and Edmonds, it reminded me of when we had Fletcher and Spikes. Like Spikes mm-hmm. got all the impact, sexy, like all, all those plays were executed by Takeo Spikes. Just like they were by Matt Milano a year ago during the Milano Edmonds regime. Uh, Edmonds is like London Fletcher. London Fletcher had like 15 tackles a game, but they all happened like 10 or 15 yards down the field. And then he'd kind of come up with sack here or an interception there, and but never at like great times because the Bills were in a crazy drought and didn't win a lot of games. But still, it's like not game-changing impact plays. Like... Terrain Edmonds felt like the new London Fletcher and Matt Moore was the new Takeo Spikes, the one who actually made impactful plays. Uh, Terrell Bernard just gets after it. I don't, I don't even know how to describe it. Like he looks out like out of place Instincts. out there. He looks like the new Keith Ellison 2.0, <laughs> but well, just... high praise, <laughs> right? Yeah. And uh, Trent Sherfield looks like the new David Nelson and, go down the list here um but that's actually Bernard, i can just, see that yeah that's not bad compared to field is david uh, nelson I, I can see that i like that if he proposes to his cheerleading cowboys girlfriend then mm-hmm. go for it trench field uh yeah. during the game or after game anyway what was uh, that girl's what was that woman's name no does anybody care no yeah yeah, yeah. it was uh was it kelly Kelsey rich yeah, something Kel- like that. 
Kelsey Reich. Well, it was Reich, wasn't it? Like, because I was like, oh, is it Frank's sure. Reich, Frank Reich's daughter? And I was like, no. I still am not sure if it was or wasn't. You, you would think that. Um, but I, you got me off track with the David Nelson stuff now. What was well, all right then. <laughs> um, well, just adjustments made, adjustments kept. Like, they've been really, really good this whole time. Uh, talking about Charles Bernard, of course, flying around the field. He just gets to the ball. He, in coverage, he just can get in his zone and is quick enough and agile enough to find the guy that the ball could be going to. He's just been really, really good and surprisingly good. So uh, a great defensive performance. Uh, and hopefully they continue. I mean, they still struggled in the run game this Sunday, but – if it means stopping Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle and disrupting that Dolphins passing game, I'll take that all day. Devin H. Chan can have his 100 yards and whatever. I couldn't like, believe that. I couldn't believe when I heard fumble. that. Yeah, it didn't seem like it. Yeah, I was like, I could not believe it when I heard 108 yards. That was like mind-boggling. Wild, wild. So great game on all fronts. Uh, what do you say we move to – this week, the Jaguars. We're not going to do a typical preview of the Jaguars. Uh, what we thought we would do in our own witty way was give two things that every Bills fan needs to be aware of when they're in England. All the Bills fans across the pond, as they say, who are watching this, who will watch this before kickoff on Sunday morning. Uh, we're going to give you, for the next three days, uh, two things that you need to be aware of while being in England. Uh, so, Tony, because you did the honors with our opening segment, I will do the honors in this segment. Uh, and to kick it off, my first thing Bill's Mafia needs to do while in England is what I deem the hooligan initiation. Oh, okay. And that is to find one random person and headbutt them when they suspect it. Just like English soccer hooligans seem to do, as learned in Eurotrip. So your job, and this is it's almost like a handshake in England. Their, their version of a handshake is a headbutt to at least unsuspecting person. So your job, Bill's Mafia, is to find one person, and when they least suspect it, headbutt that person. And you'll be a soccer hooligan for life, and they'll suspect you even more. That is my first thing tony was your first thing that bills fans need to be aware of while being in england well bills fans need to be aware of uh you know they might when over there might be hearing the term brexit and yeah. so they're aware uh brexit is a combination of the word exit and brown from spencer brown uh brexit is when spencer spencer brown miffs on a block which he does from time to time, and then sort of like mm -hmm. stumbles out to the right. We see him do this from time to time. That is a Brexit. So if you hear someone talk about Brexit in the media or in you know casual conversation, they're talking about Spencer Brown. You should definitely engage with that person. Start talking hard about the Buffalo Bills. They definitely want to talk to you about the Buffalo Bills and their knowledge. And not of about economics. Bills offensive line. Has no, 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 do not no. think that that is the case. It has nothing to do with geopolitics. It is not about economics, particularly regarding 
um, the Euro, it is 100% guaranteed it is about Spencer Brown's performance in blocking edge rushers. Absolutely. Absolutely. That is the only Brexit I know is Spencer yeah. Brown's performance. Yeah, well, that's, so. that's what Brexit is. Yes. You've, yes. yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, for my second one, uh, this seems like a, a no-brainer and uh, maybe the wittiest thing you could do in England, Bill's Mafia, and that is to find an older British person who looks like you and create a Freaky Friday-like situation where the older you comes back to the States and tells your friends and family flying over the Atlantic, you went in some kind of time warp that aged you 30 years, and see how long you can ride that out. This Freaky makes sense. Friday ass situation. You know, we, we see from movies all the time British people do a perfect English accent, American English accent. Uh, this is a very easy to do. Uh, have this older British person go to your workplace for you. Just live with your family. See how long you can ride this out. It'd be a fun little experiment. Yeah. So find a doppelganger that is 20 to 30 years older than you. And uh, and have them replace you for a little bit, and just just enjoy a long vacation overseas, Bill's Mafia. That's all you need to do. I would say to that, absolutely yes. I I would say that once you get there, and you're like on that vacation attitude, you're trying to stay in town. You don't want to go back to real life. The most practical way of prolonging your vacation is clearly find an elderly British person and change that and change swap identities. Yes, exactly. We've proven this time and time and time again in Western culture. This is a fail safe, the most effective way. Right. Right. The anti Benjamin button. Just yeah. like go older with it. I just, uh, your... I just listened to Freaky Friday this morning. I, for some reason was inspired this morning. You I was listen like, to oh, it. Listen. Was it an audio book? <laughs> Oh no no no! Freaky Friday by Lil Dicky and Chris Brown. Oh okay, like, yeah. You are audio booking the Lindsay Lohan and Lee Curtis movie. <laughs> I mean, that would be a, that would be a move. A I'm just waste of time. Just uh, just an audio only file of Freaky yes. Friday. <laughs> I've done that got, with Seinfeld before. Need, it's a good time. need some hobbies. <laughs> yeah. Like uh, Tony, your I mean, second. Uh, yeah right. Yeah, your second yeah. Uh, and final the bills mafia need to do in england if you are <clears throat> you know we know that uh, there's a long complicated history of relations between the irish and the english uh i mean of course Look at Sudo, you know Sudo united of course well i was gonna say Connor mcgovern is the red flag here oh Okay. You're going you're going into you're going into London. Connor McGovern's there. It's it's gonna get awkward real fast. Get someone real fast. someone someone just mentioned something about potatoes. It all blows up. It all blows up. <laughs> we need like basically a hands-off, a kid gloves. Don't mess around with it. If Connor McGovern comes up in conversation, you need to change that subject immediately. Cause it is just gonna spiral. That's absolutely right. Mm -hmm. England, Ireland's not great. I mean, they don't go together like peanut butter and jelly. It's complicated. It's been a complicated history. It's complicated. 
It's been a very, it com- it's been a complicated time. Yeah. <laughs> um, so those mafia, those are our tips while you're in England, if you're watching the show uh, in the next couple of days, make sure you do that. Uh, England has a lot of weird quirks uh, from soldiers standing still outside Buckingham Palace to putting beans on everything, including toast for breakfast. Like, just have fun. Enjoy. Hopefully a Bills win Sunday. Uh, Tony, what do you say we wrap up the episode, though? Uh, I could stand to wrap this up. I'm glad. I'm glad you enjoyed your time. <laughs> so eager to wrap up. Uh, yeah. Thank you to our sponsor, of course, Traveling Growler. www.travelinggrower.com. Quality koozies starting at just $5. As we said at the top of the show, give us a super chat. You're supporting local business. This is actually supporting local business. Get an early gift stocking stuffer for the holiday season. A traveling growler is an awesome stocking stuffer for you to get. Uh, I have one right here. Look at that. Look how cool that is. Keeping just cold. Little Bill's logo there. Travelinggrowler.com. Check it out. Um, T-shirt store. T-E-E-Spring.com. Or you can Google search T-Spring. Witty, not funny. I see at the top there. Check out the T-shirt store. Hoodies, tanks, long sleeve, crews. We got everything. All original designs. All very reasonably placed. I promise you. If you get a t-shirt or a piece of Woody Nighty apparel, you will be the talk of your next tailgate, watch party, whatever Bills event you're going to. If you're participating in the built-in Buffalo tailgate, wear a Woody Nighty t-shirt. Uh, everyone will comment on it, just like they do when Tony or I wear ours. So make sure you check out all the cool designs. Uh, Bill Sabres, we've got everything in there. Not even sports-related ones. We have super cool, just Buffalo 3D one that's actually three. Looks really cool. So check out the T-shirt store, the podcast, or whatever you want to call it. Uh, just support the podcast today. Um, where you can find the podcast, audio, Spotify, iTunes, course, video right now on the YouTube and Facebook pages of Built in Buffalo. Uh, like, subscribe. We always like to say whether you give us two minutes or two hours of your time. We greatly appreciate it. And hope uh, for you tuning in for the first time to this show, uh, you kind of get what this show is about. It's not all about X's and O's. It's about conspiracy theories and sarcasm and culture references. And a lot of Bill's talk and Sabres talk in between. And we'll get into Sabres as their season kicks off next week as well. So, uh, make sure you like, subscribe. Thank you for everyone who commented out there. Uh, Tony, Twitter handles. We'll just give the, do you want to give your own personal one? Or are we just doing like the, the show one now? Just do the show one. Mine is going to do the show. Not, one. By the time someone sees exists. this, my Twitter handle might not exist anymore. <laughs> it's very... But it is for sale. <laughs> they, they took away like headlines for articles. I'm just like, why? Like if you post a link it just has a picture now and like you click that oh. picture to go to the link but it's just like why take it? it's all dumb anyway twitter instagram at woody sports 716 make sure you give us a ball we're connecting with those mafia saber swords people out there following back so check us out hit that follow button uh facebook tiktok woody not funny sports uh follow us on all platforms we say we love 
following back. Or you can find us on, uh, if you're looking for new social media platforms, uh, Blue Sky, Sky Blue. Tony, what is it? Blue Sky. I'm on Blue Sky. Blue Sky. We're on Blue Sky uh, at Buffalo Sabres. So, <laughs> yeah. Follow, go follow us there as well if you're looking for new social media platforms. Um, waiting for that. I have codes. Sabres. If you need yeah. an access code, I have codes. Oh, send me one. Um, thank you for everyone for tuning in. Uh, this is Twitter Handles. And as we always say, as a send off to end the episode, thank you for listening. And of course, go Bills and stay witty out there, everyone. Peace. Bye. Bye. Later. Marshawn is a fresh of breath there. He just loved chain restaurants. Matter of fact, he ate at Applebee's 12 times during the bye week. I love eating it. Most of you guys. That really is still swallowing, isn't it? <laughs> it kind of looks like a